Hello, and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Last year, I did a podcast episode called Embracing the Pivot, and that was all about learning as writers how to recognize when it's time to maybe turn to something else that might be a new genre, an entirely new project, whatever it might be, just to keep things fresh and to pay attention to where it is we're wanting to take the writing. Today, I want to talk about a different kind of embracing that I think it's really important for writers to do, and that is embracing the pause. Okay, what do I mean by this? What I have found is that during the writing process, there are some key points at which it can be really important to hit the pause button. A lot of times you'll hear this discussed as putting the writing away, working on something else, stepping away from writing entirely. And these pauses don't necessarily have to be long drawn out periods where you're not working on the writing, but anything you can do at these certain points to step away to not be directly involved with that project can be really helpful and I think can really yield some pretty powerful results down the line. So let's talk about this a little bit. When I think about a pause, I often think of a time period where we're allowing the writing, the ideas, our style, whatever it might be, especially those things we might be struggling with with that specific piece. We're allowing them some time to germinate, to percolate, to ferment, whatever sort of organic process you want to think about there. Composting, sort of a gardening example, works here. So let's talk about the first pause that I think is really important to take. I've recently been having conversations about this with writers, that it's really important to get that first draft done. Now, people who like to edit as they go, I'm not trying to call you out here. I, in my experience, just really find that getting the draft down, whether it's a poem, a short story, a novel, is really important. For me, that's really challenging when I'm writing a novel because it takes a long time. There are many opportunities to stop and really start to fine tune things. But I really try to focus on, let's fill in this outline, let's fill in the whole story, let's get the character arc down and the plot arc and all of those things. Once you have a solid draft, I highly recommend hitting that pause button. It can be hard because you might be eager to jump right in and start editing. A first draft is typically pretty messy, and for some of us, it can be difficult to just let that sit there without tinkering with it. But I think it's a key thing to do, and here's why. Once we have that draft, there's a certain shifting in mindset that needs to take place before we move on to editing. Drafting and editing are completely different. Drafting can often be an almost out-of-body sort of mode. You kind of get into this dreamlike state where the story is coming to you and you're getting those details down and you're not really, hopefully not being too critical about those ideas. Again, you're just getting that content down. And I think training yourself to do that means putting yourself into that certain creative brain space that is not the normal day-to-day 
get things done, go through your day, finish tasks on your to-do list sort of brain space. It really is a different way of existing. It's a very appealing thing. And I think that's one of the things that people who tend to be creative and to really tune into that creativity and build that creativity into their lives. I think it's one of those things we really tend to love about being artists, being writers, being dancers, being musicians. It's that ability to be taken out of the ordinary. So as a writer, drafting a project does that for me. It takes me out of the day-to-day and allows me to go into this world where I'm creating a story I want to tell. And that's a wonderful thing. That said, hitting that pause button, putting the writing away for a time, maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a few weeks. It just sort of depends on the length of the project and what the journey has been like creating that first draft. Maybe you've been working on a project that deals with some heavy subject matter and it's brought you to some dark places and you need to sort of step away and reconfigure your mindset a little bit. Or maybe you've been working on something that's very fun and irreverent and you've just kind of been goofing off and having fun for this whole time while drafting it. And in order to switch into editor mode, you also need a little bit of time to kind of transition and think about the bigger picture of the project in terms of what your goals are for this project. For example, perhaps you want to pursue traditional publication with it. So you're going to want to spend some time to think about how do I want to edit this to best suit the needs of the path that I want to take with this piece of writing. So after the first draft is a great time to build in that first significant pause. And during this time, you can be working on other projects. You can step away from the writing altogether. You can maybe turn to another type of creative project. If you're a visual artist, for example, or a musician, might be a good time to spend days, weeks, for some people even months, it really depends, on something different, just not on that piece of writing. I always find that when I go back to a piece of writing after a pause, I have insights that I could not have had if I had, say, jumped right into editing immediately after finishing that project. Once you come back to the project after your pause, you'll typically go through a round of revision. In this phase, some people will tend to go straight through from page one and then revise until the end. Other people might jump around a little bit. I tend to do a little bit of both. I might jump around at first. I tend to be drawn to those areas that I know are in need of the most work, and I might tend to go tinker with those first. And then once I feel like the manuscript is fairly evenly smooth throughout or evenly a mess throughout, as drafts often are, then I can sort of start at the beginning and start working my way through. So however long that revision takes is however long it takes. And once that is done, I suggest hitting the pause button yet again. Depending on how well the revision went, this might be a good time to get some early reader feedback. And that can be a great thing to do when you are taking a little break after the first revision. You can hand it to a beta reader or two, and then you can turn to something completely different. Typically, depending on the length of the project, it's going to take those beta readers some time to read it and get back to you. That's another good excuse not to touch it because maybe it's a good idea to not change anything while people are reading it. Once you have received that beta reader feedback, you can read through it. And sometimes, depending on how brutally honest your readers are, sometimes it can take a little time to fully digest which of the feedback you want to keep and how you might incorporate it in the next revision. I was actually just having this conversation with another writer recently. How do you know what to use, especially if you get a lot of feedback, it can be a little bit overwhelming, even if it's largely positive, knowing how to use it, where to use it, which 
bits of the feedback to keep. It can take some time to figure that out. So I never recommend rushing into the process of revising based upon the feedback you've gotten. When you are having a book traditionally published and you receive feedback from, say, an editor, or if you have a very editorial agent and you receive initial feedback on a manuscript from your agent, say before that agent sends it out on submission, it can really be overwhelming because in my experience, that can be a time when it feels like the stakes are very high. You want to make sure you're revising and editing well so that when the book does go out on submission, it is received well by editors, but you just don't know at this point how things are going to go. So I did learn with my, especially my first traditionally published novel, to just take a breath, read through the feedback, don't do anything, don't make any changes yet, sleep on it at least for one night, maybe multiple nights, go back to it. And when you do, that feedback will probably look a bit different. You'll receive it probably a bit differently. For example, if you initially felt defensive when seeing that feedback, because maybe it all wasn't glowing praise, maybe some of it was, hey, this really didn't work for me and here's why. That can be overwhelming and it can make a writer defensive. One of the reasons I've found this is the case is because initially you think, I'm going to have to change this whole character. I'm going to have to change this whole story. And it can be a little anxiety inducing. Hitting that pause button, sleeping on it, doing something else, which can be hard because you might want to get right into the manuscript and start figuring out how am I going to overcome this, but hitting that pause button and then coming back to it, I think writers tend to find that there's more objectivity there. They can read through it without that initial sense of adrenaline, without that initial sense of overwhelm in the case of feedback that is significant and there's a lot of it. So when you feel like you can read and apply that feedback in a calm state of mind and especially in a clear state of mind where you have a clear clear vision for how you want to use the feedback. And again, not all of the feedback might be usable. I always tell my students, take what you can use when it comes to critique and leave the rest. And it might be that later on down the road, something that you used or something that you initially discarded, you might want to change your mind about that. You know, hey, I incorporated this piece of feedback from my beta reader or from my agent or from my editor, but I'm not so sure about it now. Now that I'm deeper into this second or third or fourth round of revisions, I'm not sure I want to keep that. And I think it's always a great idea when you can go back to the person and use them as a sounding board. Hey, I liked that feedback, but now I'm finding it's no longer fitting as I've revised further, for example. And that back and forth, if you have readers who are willing to do that, can be just absolute gold. Once you've done that first or second or third revision, incorporating your reader feedback, I think it's a great idea to pause after every single revision. I also like to hit the pause button before I switch from revision mode into editing mode. I've talked about the difference in a previous episode between these two things. Often people use the terms revision and editing interchangeably, but they're not really the same thing at all. Revision, the way I think about it, is you're working in big chunks. You're working on the big ticket items, plot structure issues, character issues, big things that are really pretty obvious. They're not subtle. Whereas editing, when you get to the editing part of the process, which always should come after revision because it's more of a fine-toothed comb part of the process. When we're editing, we are often looking at the finer details on the sentence level, for example. So punctuation issues, wording issues, editing, well, revision too, but editing is really where I carefully like to A, read my work aloud to my 
myself so I can hear in my own voice whether or not what I intended to write is really coming across that way. And B, even more importantly, I like to have an editor, Microsoft Words, read aloud feature is great. Or there's another one called Natural Readers I use. It's a computerized voice, but there are some pros and cons to that. Um, Have that voice read your work aloud to you. It can be a little jarring the first time you do it. But the fact that it's typically not a completely human voice, it sounds a little robotic, I think can also be a good thing because you can hear the words without any intended emotional emphasis. And so it's sort of just down to brass tacks the way you're hearing this thing read back to you. Before doing a read aloud, I take a little break so that I can try to come back to the project fresh. After doing a read aloud, I try to take a little break as well. So it's just building in this sort of rhythm of pauses to allow things to just gel a little bit. I will say, going back to my comments earlier in this episode about not thinking it's a great idea to edit while you write or to make big changes while you're doing the first draft. When I am doing a read aloud, especially not my own, but when I'm having one of the automated voices read my work aloud, I am actively tending to edit. So I'll hit the pause button literally on the voice that's reading my manuscript and I'll make quick changes based on what I heard. I love that part of the process. It is a later part of the process because again, you don't want to make these tiny little changes before you even revise things that you might cut out that scene entirely during revision. So I encourage you as writers, build those pauses in and do so very intentionally. Of course, we know life will happen and we will have pauses that have to happen because we have to be taken away from the writing for one reason or another. But as far as the intentional pauses, I really encourage you to plan them out. Write them in a calendar if you have to. Remind yourself it's not a race. You do not have to rush through the process, regardless of how anxious you might be to have this published. I am here to tell you whether you go the traditional route or the indie self-publishing route, that part of the process, if you're turning out a quality product, will likely take quite a while. It's not something you want to rush through at all. There's really no part of the writing process that I can think of that you want to rush through. And the more time you can spend in these pauses, the better the outcomes will typically be. I tend to be a little bit of an artistically impatient person, so I definitely understand that tendency to want to get to the finish line, to want to get the product out there. So if you're traditional publishing, a lot of that's going to be out of your hands. Once you are done with the fine-toothed comb editing and making this manuscript as polished as it can possibly be, for writers interested in the traditional publishing path, your next step will likely be, I'm just going to speak in typical scenario terms here, your next likely step will be to send it off to your agent who, again, if that's an editorial agent, they will tend to read it through again, make sure it's good to go, and then send it out on submission to editors at publishing houses. Then you're going to need to wait for editors to read it and get back to you and your agent. Once a project is sold, there's more waiting. You're going to have to wait for editors' comments, and you're going to then have to go through the whole process again of incorporating that feedback. And so it goes. And at that point in traditional publishing, the pauses are really built in for you. There's only so much you can do while an editor has your work or while you're waiting for first pass pages, galleys, proofs. There are a bunch of different steps in that part of the process that you don't have a lot of control over. 
Even as an indie author, one of the pauses that is built in is waiting to receive a proof copy. So let's say you have a completely formatted manuscript, whether it's for an ebook or a print book, you have uploaded that onto the platforms you're using, and you don't want to just hit publish and make it publicly available right away. You want to make sure that, let's say for your paperback or for your ebook, but especially for the paperback, you want to make sure you look through what is called a proof copy, an author's proof. And that's basically a copy of how the book will look in print. So you want to wait for that to reach you. And that, in my experience, takes up to a week to receive your proof. And then you, again, want to carefully go through that proof. By this point, if you're anything like me, you are completely 100% stick a fork in you done with reading this manuscript, but I encourage you not to skimp on time here and really take that time to read through the proof. The novel I just published, The Gilead, it took me four proofing rounds, ordering author proof copies, and I did that four times before I felt like it was where I needed it to be as far as the fine-toothed comb editing. So that's another time when pauses are built in. You've got to wait for literally having the book shipped to you. Again, for those of us who are a little bit impatient in general, it can be frustrating, but it benefits that final product immensely. Every time I had to wait for the next updated proof to reach me. It'd be a little frustrating at first, but I got better and better at it. And then that last round of just fine-toothed comb editing beyond line editing at that point, because there were not that many errors that I could find, but they were still there. And this is something that happens in traditional publishing as well, by the way. Most of us have had that experience where let's say we're reading the newest, greatest traditionally published book, and you'll find a little typo. You'll find a little error and you think, wow, how could that happen? This is traditionally published by a great publishing house. And let me tell you, it happens because those those little suckers can hide those little strange spaces and strange bits of punctuation and missing punctuation. Anyway, that's another episode entirely. This idea of building in pauses is a great way to train our brains to sit down with the work with a quiet mind, a calm disposition, and to really be able to give our full attention to the work. You will be very glad that you paused at several different points in the process to allow yourself to continually reapproach the work with a more objective attitude. So try to take that time during each of the pauses, whether it's pausing after that initial draft that might look like a dumpster fire, or whether it's pausing while you're waiting for that final author proof copy to reach you, try to really take that time and realize that the more you can calmly approach the project and make some quality changes, the more it's really going to affect that final outcome. Once it's done, you can really rest easy knowing that you did not rush through and you can now move on to next projects. You can turn your attention to marketing, which you will likely have to do whether you are traditionally published or self-published. So knowing that you built in those pauses and didn't try to rush things can be a wonderful way to close that chapter, so to speak, for this project and move on to the next stages, move on to the next projects. I hope this focus on, I think, an under-discussed area in writing communities, the importance of the pause, I hope it's been helpful for you all. On another note, I am now back on Twitter after a long hiatus. So if you are on Twitter, my username is at Nicole McAuthor. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Groovy Writer Podcast. You can find the podcast on most major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. You can also listen in on YouTube and on my website at NicoleMcInnes.com. Until next time, ride on, Groovy Writers. Ride on. 